Welcome to AZ TechCast, sponsored by the Arizona Technology Council, with your hosts, Steve Zylstra and Karen Nowitz. AZ TechCast is dedicated to covering innovation and technology in Arizona and beyond. Broadcasted monthly, AZ TechCast invites leading experts to have real conversations about what is happening in the tech sector across the state of Arizona. From regional news to innovative startups, companies, and emerging technologies, AZ TechCast covers the critical issues and economic trends propelling the state's growing tech ecosystem. No longer just a flyover state, Arizona is rapidly gaining more and more attention globally for its business-friendly environment right here in Arizona with interest in international trade opportunities. I'm Karen Nowicki, president and owner of Phoenix Business Radio X, and I'd like to welcome you to AZ TechCast, sponsored by Arizona Technology Council. We have a full house today, super excited about this conversation as these folks have just been traveling abroad to do the thing that they do on behalf of Arizona delegates. And I hope that you will enjoy our conversation today. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to today's featured guest. We have Representative David Cook with the Arizona House of Representatives. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Happy to have you. And Tito Waddington, Executive Director of the Phoenix Committee on Foreign Relations. Welcome. Thank you very much. I know I had said I thought you had been on with us before, but we had met on a panel interview, I believe, at the uh, Arizona Technology Council not too long ago. So good to have you back. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you. And Leandro Solorzano. I did it. Did I do okay? You did it, yes. <laughs> I did it. Thank you. He's joining us remotely today. He is the director of the U.S. Commercial Service. Welcome, Leandro. Happy to have you as well. Thanks. And over to my right is my partner in crime, Steve Zalstra. He is the president and executive CEO with the council, and we are going to have a rocking conversation today around everything that you've been up to. I want to make sure that we have a chance to talk about how you are deepening Arizona's international alliances and before we do that, though, I've got to hear now, Leandro is excited about that as well, your trip to the UK. Let's start there. Let's start with... More. Introductions? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's start with introductions <laughs> instead. This guy's got to keep me in line. All right. So, uh, Tina, would you start for us first? We'd love to hear your background, what you're doing right now, how you serve the Arizona ecosystem when it comes to technology, and then how you know these guys. <laughs> We, we all go way back, right? Um, Arizona is really is in so many ways such a small town because no one is from here. Um, I'm Tina Waddington. Again, I'm the executive director of the Phoenix Committee on Foreign Relations, um, PCFR. I'll refer to it as PCFR from now on, so I don't take that much time. The organization's been around for 40-some years. Uh, at the essence of it, it's a speaker's bureau. And the way that I ended up in this role, I was doing international business development for um, a consumer products company from Arizona. And someone said, hey, you should join this organization. It's full of international professionals who just, you know, love this world. And it's great networking. And so I became a member, um, thanks to a mentor, um, sponsoring my, my application to the organization. And the organization would, would host a variety of speakers. So like, you know, foreign policy experts, um, former cabinet members, but a lot of times when ambassadors would come to Arizona, you know, th this was the organization that would provide the platform from th for them to talk about bilateral trade, um, relationship between that host country and Arizona and so forth. And I found myself thinking, well, we have the ambassador of Belgium here. Like, why would I go to Belgium when I can establish that relationship just by going to a PCFR event? 
And so when I became executive director, it became a really big goal of mine to really have the organization be a convener for all the stakeholders to come together um, to expand on trade, because at the end of the day, that's what this is about, diplomatic relations to expand to trade and culture between countries. So, and that's what um, we've done over the past few years. Um, we have a great relationship with the with the Speaker's Office at the House of Representatives, and we help host delegations, foreign governments coming to Arizona. And we're a partner um, when we take lawmakers to other countries. And that's how um, I got to know Mr. Cook. <laughs> so that's okay. the that's the summary of it. Excellent introduction. And before we hear from Mr. Cook, I would love to hear from Leandro as well. Tell us about yourself, the organization that you represent, and then how you fit into this crazy crew. <laughs> sure. So I'm Leandro Solorzano, and I'm the director for the U.S. Commercial Service here in Arizona. We have two offices, one in Phoenix and one in Tucson. And our agency is the trade promotion arm of the federal government. So we fall under the International Trade Administration, which falls under the U.S. Department of Commerce. And our mission that has been given to us by Congress is to help U.S. companies export. So we do that through a variety of ways, uh, but you know, mostly is by working with our offices overseas that are located at the U.S. embassies and U.S. consulates. So we work with several partners and we help companies identify opportunities for them overseas. You know, we, we do matchmaking programs for them. We work on trade missions uh, and we identify opportunities. And even though I wasn't able to, to be uh, on the trip with this group, our office in London was the one that, that um, did some arrangements for them and helped them. And I hope you guys had a good time with them. And I heard it was a, a great trip. So happy to hear that. Excellent. Mr. Cook. Introduce yourself, please. Well, thank you very much. My name is David Cook. I've been at the state legislature in the House uh, since 2016. I was elected, and I first got my feet wet in international affairs when uh, Chairman Tony Rivero uh, began, and I worked well with him. So the speaker, Toma, and I give Ben all the, uh, the credit in the world that he sees the value. We've been in the House of Representatives almost the same amount of time. I've been there just a little bit longer but we see the value and the need that businesses, you have great organizations as two of them from my left to my right here today. There's all kinds of great organizations, but the people that are governing, such as us, the elected leaders, there's a need for government to play a role in these things because all of these businesses, all of these things that go on are governed by policy, whether it's federal policy, state policy, or local policy in which these businesses uh, need to be at the point where they can thrive. And because when businesses thrive and Arizona thrives, then the citizens thrive. They have jobs. They have good paying jobs. They can afford good homes, good cars, good schools for their kids. Uh, so it's just a win-win for everybody. So the speaker recognized the need for government to play a role in international trade and international affairs. And so we now have what we call the Office of International Trade at the House of Representatives. I am the chairman of that seven-person committee. And this year is the first year that I know that we have adopted a true black and white form plan that the committee adopted. We began working on that plan at the first of the year. And by us just coming back from Canada a few days ago, we have completed all four sections of that plan. Now it's time to continue with great partners and start working on next year's and the next plan. I love hearing that. Yeah. I know you do, too. I do. <laughs> Steve, yes. for our listeners and viewers who are not familiar with the Arizona Technology Council or you, please introduce yourself as well. 
Yes, Steve Zylstra, President and CEO of both the Arizona Technology Council and our foundation, the SciTech Institute. And uh, the Tech Council is a statewide trade association. We have offices in both Phoenix and Tucson. Uh, we do public policy advocacy uh, at the state and federal level. That's how I know David. We also do over 100 events a year. We have uh, many publications. We have two podcasts. Uh, and we negotiate lower-cost products and services for our members. So it's a full-service trade association. Um, our members are science and technology-based companies. Mm -hmm. You can see why we have this crew on today. And, uh, Leandro, the uh, other podcast that uh, the Arizona Technology Council does originates out of Tucson, doesn't it? It does, and it's uh, called Tech Focus. And uh, while this is about technology uh, topics or things related to to the technology industry, the one in Tucson focuses on technology leaders. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a great compliment to what we're doing here, and we are for them as well. So thank you all for your introductions. We'd love to get started on our conversation with you as our featured guest today. Within the past decade or so, Arizona has evolved from a flyover state, as I mentioned in the introduction, to a hot spot for international business, which you all just alluded to, and of course, those trade opportunities. What do you believe has contributed this evolution? And how we like to do this is instead of Steve and I kind of gatekeeping, which we might have to do, we would just love for you to you know, jump in and, and share and, and talk, pick up on after, after each other once you have an opportunity to speak so that everyone has an opportunity to contribute. If you do, we'll just kind of do it that way as opposed to waiting for us to say, hey, raise your hand and let's talk next. So again, the question is, we've evolved to a great degree as a hotspot for international business and trade opportunities. What do you believe has contributed to this evolution? Who would like to jump in first for us? I can go first. Absolutely. Uh, so, so in in 2017, I began to learn at a, a fast rate, is that Arizona and Governor Ducey and and other leaders, elected leaders, Arizona started to move in a direction of making that. And, and the common phrase now we hear other states that have tried to coin is that we're open for business, and really. Arizona's economy was taken from maybe two or three items to now it is much more broad. So as economic downturns are going to happen at point to point, we in Arizona don't have all of our eggs in one basket. So building a business-friendly environment by government and government regulations, whether it's reducing regulations, reducing tax burdens, redu reducing the red tape in which it takes for businesses to flourish, because remember we talked about it earlier, is that when businesses flourish, that means good paying jobs for families to have better lives. And, and that's what Arizona has turned in today, in my opinion, is because of those elected leaders and organizational partnerships. Mm -hmm. These organizations, they deal with the businesses on a day-to-day -day basis. They work out all the fine tuning. But really, you've got to have someone in government spearheading that regulation and red tape and keeping a business-friendly environment for our state. Beautifully said. Anything else, Leandro or Tina? You know, the... Outlook and, uh, you know, as, as Representative Cook was mentioning about companies and making it easier for them, not only to invest here, but that also promotes company not only to supply to them, but um, it makes them think more about the world, right, and what's available to them out there. So I think that just having those opportunities available, if somebody was trading with Mexico, which is our largest trading partner, you know, now they might be looking to Canada. And then if we have somebody companies here coming from Taiwan, then they're thinking, well, what opportunities are there for us as well, right? So it, it works both ways. And that's something that I see has has really worked well in this environment. 
10 years ago when I wanted to, when I was out of graduate school or maybe longer than that and wanted to um, continue my, my career in, in international, everyone said leave and go to DC or New York. Like, what are you doing here? And that was the common thing, right? Reflecting on that, it ta- it's the right leaders, right? We've had, we have Chris Camacho, we have Steve Zelstra, we have Sandra Watson. Um, we have like the right advocates um, in the community that are really Carol Colombo. All of these people who really believe in this um, and believe that Arizona has a lot to offer, but then also Mexico has sent the right um, the right right diplomats here. So Jimena Sochez Vito, Consul Mendoza, you know they have really done a tremendous job at, at really building this the relationship with Mexico too. Um, Glenn Williamson, the for, um, former honorary consul of Canada. So it's almost like this perfect recipe for this for this to go somewhere because it could not go anywhere. And then the right elected officials, right? So I'll never forget, you know, when I first met former Speaker um, Rusty Bowers and, you know, he was appalled that, you know, some diplomat had to rent a car to go somewhere like the Grand Canyon or something. And it was like, as a state, we need to be more more hospitable. And so that's kind of where this, you know, this relationship was born with the international um, office at the within the speaker's office and the this this now new committee, is how do we show up for our guests and how do we provide um, how do we how do we welcome them, and we've seen an incredible shift since we've been doing this work together. And I'll just use this one example because it's so lovely. Speaker Toma is from Romania, and their ambassador came to for the opening of the state session. Now we set up together with our uh, stakeholders and all of us come together in this, you know, Tech Council, GPEC, ACA, all the groups, you know, we work really well together, set up a two-day program for them. And then within weeks, their minister of um, digital transformation came. They invited us to go to Romania and we had a great five-day trip to Romania, building those sectors, like how, how can we cooperate? And we came out of Romania with such a rich experience and such this this idea that like no one looks at Arizona and no one really thinks about Romania, right? They they're looking to California, but that's that's where these opportunities are. And that wouldn't have happened if we had just not shown that kind of hospitality to them. So Arizona is just friendly state, open for business, and I think it was just it's like the perfect recipe to make to bake this beautiful thing. I I just want to add to that. Uh, I think the amount of collaboration that goes on in this state where you've got the private sector working with government and not-for-profits is uh, unmatched uh, anywhere. You know, there's no one really trying to build fiefdoms. It's, you know, about collaborating across lines. And and to David's point, um, we have a great business climate today in Arizona. It's been worked on for many, many years to get it where it's at. And uh, as a result of that, um, again, to David's point, we've diversified our economy. And a lot of that has been in technology and manufacturing, particularly over the the last decade. And uh, just to give you a feel, the world is now paying attention to Arizona. We had $58.5 billion in foreign direct investment last year. We're already at $40 billion this year. $58.5 billion was the top in the country. Uh, no one was even close to that. So the world is paying attention to what's happening here in Arizona. To piggy on back on these two, did you hear what these two people just said is exactly what I tried to say in my rancher vocabulary. So 
Steve has the numbers, has the business climate and all that stuff, but the world is paying attention. Uh, my office, as chairman of the International Trade Committee, gets all kinds of things. And what Tina just said about Mexico, uh, before I came here, I met with the federal government of Mexico's international affairs director, and, and they had mayors from Mexico and their business climate and what's going on. What, with, what Arizona is being seen around the world is, is one of the, the most, North America is one of the most safest, secure places, not only just to live, but for investment for businesses, and for opportunity. Because if you look around the globe today, where is it safe? Where is it safe for money? Where is it safe for for billions of dollars of investment? No matter if you're in Europe, what's going on there? And if you're in Asia, what's going on there? It's just Arizona is just at the right place at the right time with our partners of Canada and Extreme Mexico partners are, are wonderful. And so if you're looking to locate a business, this is the state to do it in. And to Steve's point, this didn't happen overnight. No. Y'all have been working on this for a very long time. I've owned the studio for almost seven years, and I know that there was a little bit of a question mark amongst our business community and our really executive leaders, even in higher ed and workforce development, uh, when I first opened the studio. But, like, who is Arizona? Who are we as it relates to what the rest of the world or even the rest of the country thinks about us? And there is great clarity now. There, There is no mistaking it any longer. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you alluded, Tina, to the fact that you were recently in Romania, but with the Legislative Committee on International Trade, you've been a number of places uh, in the recent weeks and months. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it's more appropriate for Mr. Cook, but um, we we had the, the opportunity to go to the UK. You were there on that trip. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd love for us to talk about what the takeaways from, you know, from that, but for before we went to Romania, but focusing on the UK so we can, for me, just really being able to interact with Arizona businesses that are based in, that have a large presence in in the UK was really, really meaningful. Um, And to understand, you know, the opportunities and challenges Um, and to be really proud to know that Arizona companies headquartered in Arizona have this large of a presence in the UK and are serving many parts of continental Europe from there. For me, that was like my, my biggest takeaway. I would kind of add on to that, Steve, is that a lot of people don't understand. And, and you made the comment a little bit earlier when you started this, you know, when I first got it educated about the tech council, I asked myself the same question. Who are they? What do they do? And my relationship over the years has, has been with Steve, who they represent and what partners are there. And that's why I'm sitting here today is that these are trusted organizations that are part of the tech council that you can trust. And when we think about the UK, people, people will say things like, what are you doing? Why are you there? What benefit do Arizonans get? But when you turn around and you answer the questions with some facts and figures such as, oh, by the way, did you know that we we import about $850 million a year of UK goods and services? But we also export close to about $750 million of goods and services from just the state of Arizona. And the state of Arizona, we're in competition, whether someone wants to admit or not, we are in competition with 49 other states for the people that live in this state. Absolutely, That's what we are. And so when, when I went down to Brazil and I talked to Steve before I went back to Brazil in, in December about looking at Arizona has no South American presence whatsoever about Brazil. We do about $850 million 
dollars roughly in trade with the country of Brazil alone, just that one country in Arizona, and we have no South American presence. So when I went down there and led a delegation down there, I was sitting there with the USA Chamber and Brazilian Chamber with, with all of their leaders, and I asked them this one simple question. When's the last time someone from Arizona came down here from government like, like we're doing and met with you all? They looked at each other and said, I think it might have been 1992. Meanwhile, and I've showed Steve and Tina both this book, they slid this book over that was two months old that was titled Celebrating 25 Years of Partnership with the State of Georgia. So Georgia has been down there. Interesting. For 25 years. Now we understand we can put the blocks together. Oh, maybe that's why the aircraft manufacturing parts and plants are in Georgia and not in Arizona. So so this is why politicians and government need to be involved in international affairs because the world has changed today. And, and we need a global presence in Arizona to keep Arizona families and businesses at work. To Tina's point, we were able to meet with both Avnet and Axon, which are both headquartered here in Arizona, but they have offices around the UK. You can imagine Axon, who provides um, body cameras to police forces around the world, has a very big presence there. And, um, and Avnet has, I think, three offices there. Our streamlined pro-business approach helps you achieve more by putting less between you and future success. Less red tape, lower taxes, less distance separating you from the tech leaders of tomorrow. This innovative ecosystem will supply your business with tools and resources to compete in the 21st century and beyond. But your future is more than just business success. In Arizona, the lifestyle you want is at your fingertips. Explore cities known for their Southwest heritage and modern vision. Enjoy beautiful scenery and endless outdoor activities on land, water, or snow. And if you're looking for a little friendly competition, we've got plenty of teams to choose from. With constant sunshine, vibrant culture, and natural wonder, Arizona provides a style of living that's entirely unique. People from all over the world call our state home. From student leaders who fill the classrooms of our top-ranked universities to a skilled and abundant workforce that's ready for what's next. To the neighbors, friends, and peers we interact with daily, Arizonans are united by a pioneering spirit that moves us forward. So as you look to the future, know that it's filled with the perfect balance of innovation and high-quality living that makes life better here. Thank you, ACA, for your ongoing support. Leandro, I want to turn to you next uh, and then to David and Tina because we have trade offices around the world that are supported by the U.S. Department of Commerce. Uh, we also have state trade offices, so we'll talk about those too. But can you tell me about uh, how that works, where are we, um, and why are those trade offices important? Sure. So the U.S. Department of Commerce has about 70, well, we're in 75 countries overseas, so that translates to a little bit more than 100 offices and like I mentioned earlier, they are in the U.S. embassies and U.S. consulates. And this is very important because those offices and our staff in those countries are there specifically to look after the interests of U.S. businesses. 
So they are our boots on the ground, uh, literally, right? That are there uh, helping the companies um, here in Arizona and, and around the U.S. navigate the international trade arena. As you all know, you know when companies are doing business overseas, you know somebody might be uh, comfortable doing business here in Mexico, let's say, right? But then if they're presented with an opportunity, let's say in Japan, that becomes a little bit more complex, and maybe not a little bit, right? A lot. So, you know, navigating the regulations, uh, what are the procedures in order to get into that country? What is the culture, right? Because even that is a big part of doing business. You know, what should you do and what shouldn't you do? Um, that's what, you know, our offices, not only, you know, all over the world do that. And they really open up um, doors for the companies by having, you know, a pulse on what's happening in the local economy, uh, by, you know, sending out trade leads, sending out opportunities. And then when the companies travel to the country, then they are there with them. They go with them to the different business meetings that they might have or if they're participating in trade shows. And then, you know, together with the state offices, uh, they also welcome delegations that are coming there. We have a lot of uh, the Arizona Commerce Authority leads a lot of delegations to trade shows and they help with them exhibit at these trade shows. And then our office there works in conjunction with them to help put them together with buyers that are, you know, at these global trade shows that happen. So it's really, you know, it, it works very well. And it's a resource that, you know, everybody, uh, any company that's looking to do business internationally to, should take advantage of. Yeah, I've taken many trade missions uh, with the U.S. Commercial Service over time, and uh, they always do a fabulous job of doing sort of the first in-country presentation on all the details about uh, what it's like to do business in the country and and uh, what the, some of the challenges, frankly, are. And there are challenges uh, doing international trade, as we all well know. What about what about the state level? Um, where are offices uh, around the world and um, how do the state offices work? Who's running the state offices? Um, and why are, the, why are they important for us uh, when it comes to international trade? Uh, those are a lot of questions. One of the biggest is why are they important? So let's, let's, leave, let's save that one for last. Many Arizonans don't know that we have trade offices currently, three in Mexico. Uh, we have one in Germany. We have one in South Korea. Taiwan's coming there. We're going to get one in London. We're going to get one in Canada, right? We're going we're gonna to fix those relationships with that. And then the reason why they're important is exactly what uh, Leandro just said. Small startup businesses and stuff that may want to expand to overseas, and we've met with these people, whether it's uh, skincare products that are being manufactured and the business located here in Arizona are trying to get started in other countries in which we were at. And so by making those connections is that we are increasing the availability to market the products and businesses, whether it's software tech companies like we see here, or whether they're hard goods that are manufactured and, and, and shipped overseas. They, they can't afford to have their own office, their own staff, their own things in this area. No organization, such as our great partners of PCFR or the Tech Council, they can't do that either. But we need to come together, and I think that's what we've done here, is that provide that place in that country for a landing place. For these businesses that are there to make business decisions, we're giving them the best opportunity they can to get to that country 
find the right people for the ACA, who's in charge of the offices, right, to, to be able to make those connections to help those businesses flourish. Because what I don't want to see is that a startup company or, or a long generational company here in Arizona out on their own saying, no one's helping me. And I went to another country, no matter what it is. And the fact that they go there and they met the wrong person, they met the wrong banker, or they met the wrong business partner or shipping person. So we need an expert there to help them be successful back here in Arizona. And the value of that is in the billions and billions of dollars. And then it's even more when you look at the generations, uh, you know, coming down the road. It's not just the investment for us today or next week or this year's bottom line. It's the future of Arizona and the people that live here. Anything to add? Yeah. Um, between, so I've, I've used the U.S. commercial um, services products many times before, before the pandemic, all the export summits or I, I don't select USA. I've been to Chile, Houston, like there was one here and they do an incredible job and I'm, I'm actually a walking like ambassador for these services because, and it, it came, it, it came full circle when we were sitting at the U.S. Embassy um, in London. And um, they were so proud of this company from Arizona, Kipris, my friend Chase Polin, who I had told years ago, I was like, you, if you want to go international, like you have to reach out to the U.S. Commercial Service. And, and they were, you know, they were so pleased that they were able to help this company um, import into the U.K., which is really, really difficult when I was trying for a previous employer to export consumer products, there are labeling requirements. There are so many legal aspects to it. And we have the, our country, the U.S. provides us with these resources that taxpayer, taxpayer dollars pay for. So they're free. And I was able to work with you, um, our, embass our embassies ab abroad and get the, the reg regulatory help that I needed. That would have cost in like, you know, I don't know, $50,000 to pay like a, a law firm to do. And those were those resources exist. And um, for Arizona to have offices somewhere, I think about it like the U.S. has missions. Um, this is really unique. Um, I know, you know, I have friends in other in other states and they say like, our, like Colorado doesn't have this. Other other places don't have this. And what a better way to make a name for yourself globally than to put yourself, commit yourself physically in that country and say, hey, we're here, we're committed to this relationship. Um, let's, you know, let's do something together. There's a, there's a direct correlation by, by the way, to the increase in the number of trade offices that Arizona uh, has around the world in the formation of the international uh, committee that, that David now runs. And I can tell you, having been on these missions, is that countries pull out the red carpet when uh, legislators from uh, a state Come. And it really does clear the way for the opportunities that then exist for companies to be able to uh, do international trade in these other countries. And uh, so I think that's vital. And that, that goes to the question, um, how do we go about, how does the legislature go about, um, and at the federal level, how does uh, the U.S. Department of Commerce go about sort of vetting where we should have these trade offices. Uh, what are some of the metrics that are used to determine whether it's a good place to have a trade office or not? I, I will answer, but I'm going to defer to our federal partners. Uh, and, and I want to throw this in. One of the things you said is that, you know, the United States government is doing this and you're doing a great job. Tina said you guys are doing a great job. But what did I say? The United States government is made up of 50 states, mm -hmm. basically. And so they're not having to pick and choose. 
Right. Uh, you know, they're not having to make that decision. Well, wait a minute, is it Arizona or is it Texas or is it Florida or Wisconsin or Michigan or whatever? When they see Arizona there as a legitimate state partner with the federal government, then they know that we're serious. And so we can assist each other, which is best of all for the taxpayer, number one, and the businesses located in those states. So please go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, at the federal level, of course, our, our offices also partner, of course, with the embassy, which is managed by the U.S. Department of State. So we're, we tend to see where is where there's a need or where there's a growth, right? So I think about five years ago, or six years ago now, we uh, the Department of Commerce started looking much more into Africa, and we opened about seven additional offices there to the ones we had. It's a matter of seeing where the opportunities are. And also, if we're not able to do that, then we partner with the Department of State. And then the economic section uh, of the U.S. Embassy, then they will provide the services that we would do, not to the same extent, but to a certain extent so that they're able uh, to help. U.S. companies. But of course, you know, that all has to, to be approved. And it's a little bit uh, of a process, as, a, as I'm sure um, Representative Cook knows, that it's not just, you know, there's great opportunity here. Let's open the office. Uh, you know, you have to get buy-in. Uh, and of course, the business community helps a lot in this uh, regard, right? Because if we're hearing from the business community, listen, we're having trade leads from this particular country and we we're, we don't have assistance there, then that makes us look at, okay, you know, maybe we should pay a closer look here. Great. So so at the state level, the, what we do is that these trade offices begin with number one country, our number one trading partners in Mexico. That's where Arizona first got into the business, managed by the ACA, and I think they've done a wonderful job. And so then it moved on to, well, we saw opportunity and stuff in Germany, working with our partners and stuff and hearing from the, everything that he just said, work, hearing from the business communities here where we need help. But one other thing I will take responsibility for, because I was there and not being vocal enough, is that meanwhile, while we went to our first number one trading partner, we skipped our number two trading partner and we went on to number maybe six and seven. For instance, I'll use the country of Israel. So I supported us opening a trade office in the country of Israel, but I had to get down to the numbers. We do about $450 million a year with the state of Arizona with Israel. And what we wanted to see with that investment was we would like to see if the potential was the growth of that business to be a billion dollars over the next 10 years. With all that's going on around with neighboring countries of Israel, we think the potential is, especially many of those people are Steve that he works with and, and his association, we think the potential is there for all of humanity's good and good for Arizonans is that that might grow to be a billion dollars over the next 10 years. So as the speaker Toma charged me with the chairmanship of this committee too, I realized that how do we do it? Take a step back, take a deep breath. What do we need to do? Well, let's go back and let's make up with our number two trading partner for some years now that has one of the largest you know, business investments in Arizona as any country has whatsoever. Let's go back, let, let's cross our T's and dot our I's and that's what we're doing in this trade plan and we've just concluded it and, and it's great. You and, and you were just in Canada, correct? I was just going to ask. I, I think I've been home for about 24. I haven't been home home yet, but I think I've been back in the state about 24 hours. Yes, okay. and, and it was great. And, and you know, Steve, I, I wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to ask you, you've been on many of these trade delegations. You've been on many of these things, right? And so as the new leader of this for the next few years and being charged with that, I would like to know your take. 
you know, you've watched us all through the beginning of the year and you accompanied the trade delegation to London and the UK trade mission. What were your thoughts? Well, I thought that trip especially was extraordinary. I think, uh, you know, we met with all the right people. As we talked about earlier, the briefings from companies that were there, we met with the U.S.-U.K. Chamber, which also focuses on business relationships between the two countries, and there's some real promise for uh, further collaboration with them going forward. They've been in touch with us uh, since then. Um, We were at the embassy. I guess one of the most interesting things, because we had legislators with us, we got a tour of the parliament which was really cool. And we had, I would say, one of the best um, facilitators I've ever experienced, right? He knew everything about the process of legislating in the UK. And of course, they've been doing it a lot longer than we have. And that was a really cool experience. But uh, bottom line is that we had really important discussions with all the right people, They were the beginning of long-term relationships that were going to develop between Arizona and the UK. It's very easy to see the promise of that particular opportunity. Um, You know, London is, is like a New York, right? There's massive amounts of international trade. And what's really cool is we got to meet with um, British Airways and uh, American Airlines because, as you know, British Airways has a direct flight to London and uh, started to encourage them to add some additional flights. And we were meeting again with really the right people who make those choices uh, on behalf of those airlines. So I thought it was incredibly successful. What I really loved about it is that um, there were four Republicans and three Democrats, and the camaraderie of that committee was uh, palpable. And uh, uh, I thought it was a a significant trip, and I was really glad to be on it. I love hearing that. Tina, what is your, your take as well? Anything to add? Yeah, having been on the um, the, the planning end of it, um, it's of course— It's proud, huh? The, the, uh, yes, very proud. Uh, and, of course, that's the exec- execution, right? I mean, you hope that by the time that you get there, everything, you know, goes according awesome to place. plan. Um, of course, we had a few hiccups, but um, so— the UK had a, a, a strike, and so two of our meetings couldn't happen. Um, but Mr. Cook here saved the day by getting us a meeting with a quantum company from Switzerland. We also ended up... The embassy um, of Romania. Oh, yes. <laughs> we met an MP who became our, our BFF yeah. um, <laughs> for the rest of the trip and then on to Romania. And we ended up having, like, double the schedule in Romania because we, you know, we had this member of parliament who became our best friend. Our hotel was next to Embassy Row in London. And so because we had two meetings that were canceled and, you know, of course, we, you know, we had a full like scheduled day. Um, Mr. Cook ended up getting us a last minute meeting on Friday at 5 p.m. at the the Romanian Embassy in London. When when Tina says we had a couple hiccups, here's what might have the hiccups been. She said, yeah, there was a train strike and all that was on the news in the morning. And we did miss a couple of meetings, but we replaced those. But the grueling schedule, I mean, people think that, oh, you know, how was London all like you're you're sightseeing all day? It it was one of the one of the Democrat members, I think the world of that's on this committee said to me, Mr. Cook, you're working us like we're at your ranch. We start we start before daylight and we end after dark right yes. and, and so it, it was just a grueling thing but what happened was those two meetings were so important that we filled them and that when when do you have the opportunity because i i did get to speak at the three c's summit in romania 
which were all these countries were there. And I was up on the panel and I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, that's right. Steve said it. Arizona is being recognized around the world. So that was a great opportunity. But when can you pick up the phone and call someone and the relationships that you've built and within an hour have an approved meeting with the deputy ambassador of another country in another country? And that's literally what happened. Right. And the only reason why we didn't meet with the ambassador that was stationed there in London from Romania is because they were in Romania planning for the three C's conference that we were headed to. So it, it just worked out great. And I, that's the kind of thing I want to hear when you have the right elected leadership and then you have the right partners and business associates, like I said, to my left and my right, then nothing, nothing is impossible for the people of Arizona. And it's just, there's no boundaries for us. And, and, when he said it was Democrats and Republicans, people need to be rest assured. All business structure, whether it's a stock market, whether no matter what it is, business people want assurance of a stable, steady, secure climate. And, and that's what I think me and this committee are there to deliver to the people is to rest assured you're in good hands. I don't think there was ever, a, I mean, so I've done last last summer, we, we led a co-led a delegation um, to Germany and, and, um, and then this... You know, and this is really unique, by the way, because it's usually c- congressional members who who go on these delegations. So delegations from states are not—it it doesn't happen very often. But but our approach to these delegations, we treat them like codels. Um, when it comes to you know the meetings that we get, we always get a briefing from our U.S. embassy in the you know in the host country. So, but but what I really really loved about these you know this trip especially, it, this was the. In Romania, it was the first time. I don't know about the UK with elected officials. If we've had a delegation there, I don't think so. But I, we know for sure that we've never had a, a delegation, a state-led delegation to Romania. And if you have the time, I'll tell you why Romania. Real quick, is because <clears throat> I was asked by the speaker to look at the country of Romania. So the first thing I did is go through all of the trade numbers, right? What we export, what we import. Talk to great people like Steve and their organizations, and I think about it. But I had just come back from Ukraine, and, and it was all under the wraps, and, and, and Tina and I and a group went to Ukraine. I was the only elected official that went with the organizations to see what was actually happening on the ground so I could come back and say, here's what's going on. I mean, when you meet with the general of all their forces, when you meet with the speaker of their parliament, and you have these meetings, and you see, and I think one night we were up till 4 o'clock in the morning in the bomb shelter, you know, because the sirens were going off. Thank God everybody made it back okay you realize that that country is going to go through over a generation of rebuilding itself. Someday that conflict will end mm-hmm. and they're going to go, they're going to go through a whole generation of rebuilding that country. Well, it's not safe and secure. Like I talk about Arizona, but we know that that country is going to need things. And then, so when I looked at Romania and the countries around it, and then after we went there and met with the, with the foreign minister of economic and tourism and those, those elected leaders and appointments, then you realize <clears throat> Well, what about Greece? What about the neighboring countries to there? So we we have to have a, a larger vision of regions, right? right? We, we have to have a larger vision of what is possible. And then another thing that we have to have the courage for is what business people, I run my own businesses, but you know what I had to have the very first day was the courage to take a chance that this is what we're going to do and it's going to pay off. A lot of small businesses don't work out, but a lot of small businesses do. But you can't go off without that first step of courage to take the chance. And that's what we're doing. Our, our, our job in government is go back. 
We're going to do a matrix. We're going to review the, the trade offices we have for Arizona, for the taxpayers and the citizens. And if they're working out and we can show the progress, absolutely, that's great. But if they're not, then we'll find it and we'll fix it. We just won't continue to kick a bad can down the road. Right. And just, you know, I'll just add one thing to, to the Romania aspect to this. Um, when, once we went to this, this regional conference there, all the meetings, we understood that Romania, of course, the war in Ukraine, you know, whatever we all can do to help Ukraine right now, we should, we should do. But at some point, the, and when the Marshall Plan, you know, after the war is over on Suez, Ukraine is going to become the most prosperous country in Europe. And the, the most strategic place for that is Romania, because the places that are um, where, where um, the war front are closer to Romania than they are to Poland and other places. Right. So really, you know, thinking long term, th- thinking strategically and giving Arizona businesses opportunities in Europe and opportunities to provide services within the Marshall Plan, I would tell an investor, like, go co-invest in Romania. And I would tell our state, like, open, establish now in Romania, build those relationships now so that we can help Arizona businesses set up for success and then Romanian businesses here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Leandro, tell us about the recent foreign trade offices the legislature has funded and where are you guys headed next? I think that would be for Representative Cook. Is that for Cook? The- yeah. We've, I think we've hit, have we hit all the high notes? We've probably hit all of those. Well, I can spill the beans. Yeah. That, can you? Please, yeah, yeah. We're leaning I can, in. I can spill the beans. Exactly right where here. we're headed you're getting, you're getting breaking news right yeah. here at, yeah. this, <laughs> at, this, at this interview, right? So, so now that we've completed our first trade plan, you know, we will continue the relationship with Mexico. Like I said, I was, I was in a, an hour and a half, two hour meeting this morning with the federal government representatives from Mexico and some local mayors. Uh, we're talking everything. They're going to have some great. Great news, I think, in the next 30 to 60 days about the border and border security and what their plans are, which severely impact not only this country, but their country as well. And so we talked about things that we, we haven't mentioned here, what we learned in London, and it's going to be really in Steve's area, is when we get to this quantum security, quantum computer, and the security of these things, right? It's coming. And so our, my question to them was, is your country, because I'm not going to be out here like on this show saying... Where's the safest place in the world for finances, investment, and building to say it's North America, which is Mexico, United States, and Canada, highlighting Arizona, if that's not the case? So what commitments is your federal government making towards cybersecurity as these new uh, innovation things are coming down the road that pose a threat? So what we are going to do now is close this book out. We'll have a final report that I would, with the speaker's permission, it'll be published once it's completed. Um, We're being working on that now. This will be on our first trade mission. Our next thing is what I've looked to and talked to our partners is Tokyo, Japan. Okay, We, we do an extremely amount of, of businesses and stuff are owned by Japanese companies. And like one I'll say right now is, who knew that Big O Tires was owned by a company in Japan based? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I got one in Globe, Arizona. They're all over. So if you think just that one company that's invested here, I just set up a meeting yesterday with the North American person from Tokyo. The, I mean, the North American for Toyota mm-hmm. that manages that. So I'm going to set, I set up a meeting yesterday for them. And so in looking at Tokyo in Japan, it's that there's two risks you want to take. The ones that are safe that you can grow, like I mentioned. And then the other ones, like in Romania, are the ones that, okay, let's try this. Because if you're if you're only doing X amount of dollars, that means that businesses in Arizona have so much more room they can grow. 
right? And so the other way to look at it is if you're doing a couple billion dollars worth of trade already with this country, the state of Arizona, people say, well, then why are you doing it? You're already doing that. Well, it's not that. It's what are we missing? Right. How much other, what other businesses can we bring into the fold if those good relationships are, are there? Because it's not just one business in another place. It's getting the item from point A to point Z. So that means the trade route, the shipping, the whatever laws, rules, regulations are working well because those things are moving. As an example, I'm a rancher, get home. One of the calls I got was through a friend of mine that has moving their medical company from Texas to Arizona. They've already done that. $100 million invested in the state of Arizona already. Was talking to their friend who builds medical uh, devices, trying to sell them in Mexico. But the red tape and all that stuff, they can't get that done. So just over a phone conversation of you got to meet Representative Cook, this friend of mine, maybe he can help. In a matter of 24 hours, uh, we can check that off the list. It's already in the in the works to where that'll happen. Now, what did that person already call me back today and say? I think they're ready to move to Arizona too, right? Because Texas is a big state. They got their own representatives, federal and state and locals and stuff. But who's getting the work done? I can say in this arena, it's Arizona and, and our federal partners. I'm not saying anything different, but as states go, it's Arizona getting the work done to me. Leandro, I'd like to turn to you. We haven't mm-hmm. talked at all about the Arizona District Export Council. Can you uh, share what that is and what it's focused on? Sure. So the Arizona District Export Council is a group of professionals, uh, business professionals that are appointed by the Secretary of, of Commerce. Uh, And their main purpose is to mentor U.S. companies in exporting in any area of trade. So our Arizona District Export Council is active. Uh, It does a lot with, you know, educating companies, advocating as well for them, identifying where the when there's any trade barriers that need to be brought up or have to be addressed in order to facilitate trade for companies and Steve is one of our great members, and we really thank him for being a part of, of the deck, as we call it, because it is a, a voluntary group. But all of them have a wealth of experience, you know, from logistics to financing to insights and technology. I mean, you name it. We have exporters, of course, that, that make 50% of the membership, uh, and they're really there to help and promote Arizona exports and identify opportunities, really see the challenges that are presented and then tackle them and see how we can make that better for exporters here in the state. Thank you, Leandro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, How about, we've talked a lot about y'all going out of Arizona. How does that work to having those delegates coming here, those foreign delegates coming to us? I'll start on this one because I usually, <laughs> the calls come to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so so really, you know, all of this is through relationships, right? Like, oh, you got to get in touch with this person. And we'll just, you know, I'll just use um, the example of the the Ukraine delegation that we ended up hosting here. Rita Marco from Phoenix Sister Cities put me in touch with a Ukrainian um, woman who, um, national who lives here. Her name is Nicole Jeldon and said, hey, they want to bring a Ukrainian MP to Arizona. And for us, you know, this was in March and we just had the one year anniversary of the war. 
it was, you know, and I'm originally from Kosovo. My family immigrated to Arizona um, as war refugees. I grew up during the war. And I just thought, you know, if I would have wanted people like me to to want to advocate uh, for, for MPs from Kosovo, you know, during the war to say, hey, like, this is happening. We need help. And they're coming to us. They're not going to D.C. So all of these always start with this relationship, right? It's like me, like, we'll be hosting the ambassador of Kosovo. And there's a few Kosovars here who are driving that relationship. And so they'll call, they'll say, and, you know, thanks to the relationship with the House of Representatives now, whenever they, you know, either PCFR builds um, um, a program for them, or we tackle or we partner with the House of Representatives with the International Trade Office uh, and with committee, and we really put together um, a whole two-day program for them. The meetings that they want, they tell us we want, we want to meet with semiconductor companies, defense, um, and we have all the great partners, um, and we just pull all the stakeholders together. They give their time. They show great hospitality, and um, they come to Arizona. They learn a lot, and then, you know, they leave. They take that information home. Um, a lot of times we, we do a reception um, to honor them, whether that's at the House Senate chambers or, you know, at a, at a local place. Um, it all really depends on who's coming. So really, that's that's the how would you describe well, from your I, point? No, I think that's that's great. I was just going to say that I get those calls too. So just, <laughs> yes, of course. Just, just an example is um, six months ago or so, um, I got a call from it's, I think it's Tiatra, which is the Taiwanese Trade Authority, and uh, they said, "Hey, we're bringing twelve Taiwanese companies in and." We want to meet with some of your members. And uh, so I was able to arrange a meeting with the leadership, including the CEO of Avnet. Uh, so all 12 companies came in and, uh, you know, gave a little pitch. It turns out every one of them had some sort of connection uh, that was part of Avnet's business. So they were, Avnet was was very pleased. And, and what we did in, in collaboration with GPEC is we called it Taiwan Tech Day, uh, we had an event where they made their pitches on their technology. They were all technology companies. Probably 400 people showed up uh, for that event for them to sort of pitch uh, to the community. Sort of a week after that, I got a call from COTRA, which is the uh, similar organization in Korea, wanting to do something similar. And uh, so... And a lot of times we hand these things off to each other, right? Uh, GPAC will call me and say, Steve, this is sort of up your alley. And uh, we all work so well together. Um, and we're a very welcoming place when these folks come to Arizona. If you look at what the, the menu that you just heard Steve and Tina say is that you have the best of the best all working together. And one thing I've always said is that we are not in competition nice. with anyone, right? We are looking out for the best of Arizona businesses mm -hmm. and families and everything together. So what do we have? We have the Phoenix Committee on Foreign Relations. That's just that, the Committee on Foreign Relations and how to better communications between Arizona and these other countries. Steve, the Tech Council, th their organization is geared towards all of their manufacturers and all of their business associates as a member of their organization. And then there's other ones like GPEC that he just mentioned, right? So when these things come in, then you know, okay, Steve, this people want to come in. Oh, you know what? That's great. 
but this organization has those types of members. Let's get you in touch with them. You have all of this, the government and all of these organizations working hand in hand to make sure when those calls come in, they are handed off mm -hmm. to the right people. Mm -hmm. That's why these trade offices are so important. When those calls come in or businesses want to flourish and expand, then they're not, they're not out there stumbling around wondering who they should talk to. They can contact those places. And then when they go, they need a meeting room or they need help with something like that. Those people are there to assist them there. Who's gone to a foreign country and just looked around and like, right. okay, <laughs> if I needed help right here, who would I go to? Who would I talk to? And do I even speak the language? Obviously, we've, we've had this experience a lot now that we have this structure um, and the support from the state to be able to build programs. Because normally, uh, like the country of Germany, when, when we hosted them, their deputy chief of mission, their Paul person was like, hey, I'm, we're seriously so grateful because we would have had no idea how to do this locally. We would have had to do it from scratch. Whereas for us, it's kind of we just turn it because we've done it so many times now to reciprocate when we just had the delegation to Canada, the Canadian government provided the same type of support for us and made, you know, we told them, they said, what, what would you like to, what are the sectors you want to, you know, to have meetings in? which government officials, and they were they worked hand-in-hand hand with us to, to make sure that that visit was a success. And we had the same experience in Romania, and then we were sent from, you know, from the universe, um, this great MP, Christian Bakanu, who ended up adding even more meetings to our schedule. Um, so it's not really you're doing it alone, and you reciprocate with other countries, and that's where relationships are built. So not only did we get to Romania by the time we got back, uh, I, we just we had them coming, but because of the threat of the federal shutdown, right. uh, this morning we got notified that the Minister of Economy and Tourism was scheduled to be here on the 5th. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those relationships were, that we're talking about here at this table, that's how important they are. So that person within a few weeks had already made the decision after that delegation of those meetings is that I've got to go there and meet with those people and then sadly had to cancel because of what's going on with, with the shutdown stuff. So the opportunities are just endless. The, the gains are just unmentionable. I want to ask, uh, start with Leandro. You have specialists that focus on different sectors. Of course, some people serve multiple sectors, but... What are the sectors that you're seeing uh, the most growth in due to international trade here in Arizona? So, you know, definitely, you know, we've seen a huge spike in, of course, semiconductor and, and tech industries, right? It's just become a lot more, a lot more exciting and people are really energized in that sector. But aerospace and defense, of course, has been one of Arizona's largest sectors, photonics. So a lot of advanced manufacturing so those, you know, are sectors that we see a lot of growth in. But also, Tina was mentioning Kipris, which is a great client of ours, and they're in the cosmetics. We have a lot of consumer goods and cosmetics companies. Um, so I want people, you know, that are listening to this, that just because they're not in one of those big sectors where you, when you pull out the data and you see, you know, defense and, and aerospace, right, that you're like, well, you know, I'm not that big of a player. There's an opportunity for everybody out there. You know, we just helped a pavement company that's based here uh, secure a deal with the government of Kuwait to do, you know, projects over there. And this is their first international project. But when you stop and think about it, right, I mean, we're in the desert, Kuwait's in the desert, there's technology there and there's a transfer there that they need. So there's really an opportunity for everybody. Uh, you just have to get out there and, you know, and look for it. 
So, so one thing that he said about the numbers is that, real quick, is that it's the, the big players and the big numbers, they can do most of this and probably have offices already themselves. When I look at the numbers, when I get all of the information he was just talking about, I don't just focus on, oh, well, look at these companies. They're at the top of the list. I look at those sectors that are down at the bottom, yeah. <laughs> right? And so there's where I see the potential of growth is that how do we help these people and these businesses, you know, flourish even more than what's going on today? So it's a balance that we do. And I, I appreciate you mentioning mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yep. Let's let's Take finish up. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to head home with the last question because I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't ask this last question. So it's kind of a lightning round. What are your predictions then for, say, the next 10 years regarding Arizona international trade opportunities? I think that over the next 10 years, we're going to see the work and the product, especially of of this year and next year from the International Trade Office at the House. And what we're going to notice is that we're going to have baseline data to now to go into the future of when these trade offices were opened, how we're positioned around globally, what needs to be changed. And we need to have the flexibility for the Commerce Authority to say, if it's not working right here in this town, in this state of Mexico or in this region, where can we move it? Where Where are those things moving towards? We don't need to hamstring them as government normally does to say, well, it's got to be located right there. We got to have the flexibility for them to do that. I think the possibilities, like I said earlier, are endless for businesses and the people of Arizona. And you spoke early on about the generational the, the way this is just going to continue to flow, it's it's well beyond the 10-year mark. I, 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 I've been to all these countries in, the, in just what has been to this past year alone. Yep. People want American goods. They love the United States of America. They want American goods and services. They just really don't know how to get them. And and that's the truth. And and so the more presence we can put there, the more opportunities states like ours are going to have. And we're leading. Clearly. This has been an exciting conversation today. The theme that I continue to hear is this collaboration, this trust. That's got to be the foundational, which is, is what you've created as each of these groups align with each other. And there, there is plenty of room for everyone, right? So this isn't about competition. It's about how do we help each other and lift right. each other up, not just within Arizona, but with the U.S. and, of course, internationally as well. So thank you. What do you think, Steve? Great conversation. That was fabulous, yes. Yes. Leandro, thank you so much for piping in and, and being, being on remote with us. Fantastic. Today's AZ TechCast, again, has been brought to you by Arizona Commerce Authority, the leading state's leading economic development organization with a streamlined mission to grow and strengthen Arizona's economy. So, again, we deeply appreciate Arizona Commerce Authority. If you are interested in being a podcast participant or a sponsor for the council's AZ TechCast, then please contact marketing at aztechcouncil.org to learn more about the opportunities to further position yourself as a tech expert, influencer, or innovator. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thank you again for joining us for AZ TechCast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AZ TechCast with Arizona Technology Council, featuring leading tech and business experts that help influence and shape our great state and the industries they serve.